2: Welcome in, Bears fans, to another edition of the Bear Report podcast presented to you by Blue Wire Pods. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And on this episode of the podcast, we're going to get you ready for free agency, plus talk about the Allen Robinson franchise tag as well, as some players the Chicago Bears have potentially been scouting in terms of the 2021 NFL Draft. Before we get into all that, though, let me welcome in my co-host, Aaron. Aaron,
1: how you doing, man? Doing all right. It's uh things are picking up, man. This is gonna be one of those like I think I tweeted it out yesterday. It's gonna be uh you know, for the next few weeks. I don't think people are gonna be putting their phones down much or, you know, stepping away from the computer or the TV that much. It's gonna be gonna be a wild next few weeks in the NFL. I don't know how much for the Bears, but in terms of overall moves and craziness, it's it's gonna be probably one for the ages, I would guess.
2: Yeah, and you know, today was kinda of weird because it was the franchise dead or franchise or transition tag deadline and and along with like the it was like seven or eight players that got tagged today we also saw some kind of like crazy moves um, in terms of players getting released or set to get released and For me, man, it just means free agency is going to be even wilder than last or previous years because so many teams now have to operate with the the mindset of, well, there wasn't a lot of revenue last year. The salary cap is probably going to hover around 183, 185-ish going into this year even though there was no number announced as we're recording this. And they're going to be kind of mindful. And in the Bears' case – you know there will be a lot of big targets and a lot of you know big names out in the free agent market. They're not going to have a lot of money to really spend. And I was talking to someone about this earlier. It's gonna be a lot of moves of retaining guys that were free agents for them, whether it's restricted or unrestricted, plus probably a lot of you know what you and I and others like to call tier two, tier three signings, where they don't really come in the first three or four days of free agency, but more like those kind of smaller signings, uh, you know, later on in April or maybe towards the end of March instead.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's the bears are in a position right now. And, you know, we're talking about this before the podcast and I think it bears repeating right now where don't get too obsessed with cap space, just don't do it because this is one of those years, like you pointed out where there's a lot of teams that look like they're going to be in a world of hurt. And I think really the only team that is going to be, you know, in really, really tight quarters is going to be the new Orleans saints. And even with that being said, uh, obviously they got to figure out their quarterback situation, whether Drew Brees is going to come back or if he 's going to retire or they 're going to keep James Winston. Nobody really knows, but I mean they were forty five million dollars over the cap going into the day and they tagged Marcus Williams even though they weren 't you know they, they weren 't projected to they tagged Marcus Williams. And, you know, now they're looking at a a situation where they're going to be well over, you know, $50 million over the cap. I mean, they're going to restructure and they're going to do different things and make cuts, blah, 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 blah. And they're going to have just enough to be able to get by. Mickey Luminous does this every year. It should be no surprise. But I, I think fans, fans who have followed... The salary cap in the NFL and kind of understand how the Saints work. This is what a lot of teams are going to be doing, including the Bears. I mean, it, it, the Bears are in a very weird situation right now because they're in a basically a must-win season going in the off-season where they've got to be able to add talent. And they've got to be a little reckless because let's just face it. I mean, if they go eight and eight again and they lose in the playoffs, or if they don't get in the playoffs, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are out. I mean, there's just this is this is a huge off-season. This is going to be 2021 is going to be a big season for them. And the only way to make your team better is to spend money and spend resources. And the Bears do not have a lot of that, at least on the surface. And it's just, man, it's going to be one of those off seasons, especially over the next few days. I mean, you know, we're we're recording this on a Tuesday, basically six days from now. The legal negotiation period will open up where... You know, it's basically the start of free agency, you know, and then the 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 start of the, the official actual start of the new league year will be on Wednesday. Both of these are going to be at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So you're going to see a lot of cuts. You're going to see a lot of restructures. I mean, right now uh, with the projections, I think uh, Brad from uh, Brad Spielberger, we've had him on the podcast from – uh, well, I guess he's with PFF now, but he's also been, you know, he he does work with uh, over the cap as well. I mean, he's projecting the bears right now. I think over, over the cap has them. I, I think the projected cap is like 180, 180.5 million, something like that. So uh, he has the bears right around 19, $20 million over the cap right now. So, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. And unfortunately we're recording this and we still have no clue what the actual cap is. I would agree with you. I think it's going to be 183, 185, somewhere in that in that realm. And we know that it's going to be jumping up drastically over the next few years because of the new TV deals. Uh, But the bears are probably like, if you, if you really had to look at it, uh, especially with the Massey stuff and everything else because Massey also got cut. I'm sure we'll get into that as well. But when you really look at what the bears are going to be working with as of this five seconds, as we record this on, on Tuesday, the bears are probably looking at being anywhere from 15 to $17 million over the cap which a lot of people look at that and be like, what in the heck is going on? But really, the Bears are one of multiple teams that are in that that realm of being over the cap that need to get under the cap before the start of the new league year next Wednesday. So you're going to see, I don't know, you know, that's kind of the thing. I mean, the Bears have already made two cuts uh, with Buster Screen and, and Bobby Massey. Um, Jimmy Graham's kind of up there, you know, is somebody that in my mind he's got a ten million dollar cap hit. He's got seven million of that uh, in a base salary that they've got to do something with. I mean, he can't, he cannot, he cannot play on the Bears roster counting, you know, ten million dollars towards cap. That just doesn't make any sense. I understand he had, you know, a decent amount of touchdowns last year, or whatever. You just can't have that happen. But at the same time, if they really are truly keying in on Russell Wilson he is supposedly playing a decent part in that. So it, it's kind of one of those weird things, but I think what you're going to see is I think you're going to see uh, Kyle Fuller is a prime uh, candidate for an extension. Um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of these where they basically convert people's, uh, you know, base salaries into signing bonuses. And that is a way to save a lot of money. Obviously it kicks more cap space or dead space down the road and, you know, creates bigger issues for you, as we've seen the Saints do that a hell of a lot, and somehow they continue to survive. But I think that's pretty much what you're going to see the Bears do. Now, I know a lot of people are kind of panicking. They're saying, okay, well, even if, you know, in a best-case scenario, they're $15 million over the cap, you know, how are they going to be able to clear, you know, that money plus, you know, money for the draft, money for the season, money to sign some of their other guys, money to make some moves, and a quarterback? Well, the reality of it is, is really the Bears – can do a lot of different things here where they could and I say this you know you know I, I mean this it, it would be easy for them to clear 30 40 maybe even 50 million dollars um in cap space with basically just reworking deals and not really having to make any cuts or anything like that. So that's just the kind of stuff to keep in mind. The other thing to keep in mind, you know, hypothetically speaking, let's say they were to trade for Russell Wilson or somebody like that, where they already have that, you know, that, 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 you know, existing contract, they can also do something similar. Let's just say Russell Wilson, for example, he'd be he'd count for about $20 million uh, gets the cap uh, this coming season. They could easily convert a lot of that into a bonus, clear some space there, rework the deal, do an extension, whatever they need to do. I think you're going to see a lot of teams, the Bears included, obviously, that are going to get very, very, very creative this offseason. As long as they have their ownership support and they're able to go out and and spend the money that they they need to spend – uh, you're going to see a lot of teams that are going to very, very creative with the cap. So again, just kind of keep in mind moving forward. Obviously, there's limitations. I don't, I don't think the Bears are going to go out and spend you know 10 or 15 million dollars a year on a player. Uh, they're not, you know, you're not going to see that Robert Quinn deal or anything like that this offseason. season. Um, but at the same time, I think they're going to have a little bit more wiggle room and a little bit more ability to do. Um, you know, some of what they need within reason. Uh, So again, just don't get too focused on that. The cap number as a whole right now, because a lot of teams are going to have to get creative this year with how everything's playing out.
2: And, you know, there's that old saying that the salary cap is a myth. And I think the New Orleans saints are probably the prime example for that. Just because of what you said, you know, they find ways to get from 60 to 70 million over the cap to literally just a couple hundred thousand um, right there when the season starts by making these moves where they essentially push money down the line. Um, they convert stuff into bonuses and they kind of mix in a couple, you know, lighter free agent signings. They also do a draft kind of well too, which, which does help in the long run having as many good rookies at impact players as you can on your roster. And that's kind of been, you know, a little bit of a problem for the bears, Um, and some of the years of Ryan Pace's tenure. But, you know, before free agency starts, the Bears obviously had a big decision. And, you know, for myself, you as well, Aaron, and others, um, I can probably say that most of us expected Allen Robinson to be tagged, and that's exactly what happened. Now, the Bears did like to wait a little bit. I believe it was announced, you know, just before 1 o'clock or right around the 1 o'clock hour here in Central Time. But they did put the franchise tag on um, Allen Robinson, and it, it just made all the sense. They were not going to go into a year where you know Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's jobs are on the line. And they were not going to go into that year without their best player on offense. It just did not make any sense. And now by using the franchise tag, he was the second wide receiver, I believe, today that was tagged uh, – Chris Godwin was also tagged by Tampa Bay while well, Detroit decided not to tag Kenny Galladay. So it's going to cost the Bears, I believe it's around $17.9 million, if I if I remember that correctly, um, towards their one-year cap space. But now they have until June to kind of work out a long-term deal with Robinson. And the receiver's just been you know, very adamant about not getting the franchise tagged placed on him, but in all reality, like I said, they were not going to go into this offseason letting him essentially walk and test that free agent market, because I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen. I'm pretty sure you'll agree with this. If Allen Robinson touched that free agent market and was able to negotiate with any team, he was pretty much gone.
1: He was. He was. And and just a just uh, little clarification, it's actually July 15th is oh, the, I'm sorry. the deadline. No, it's all good. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's, you know... It, it's a little frustrating to see, and don't get me wrong, I've been one of Pace's big, biggest critics in terms of how he's dealt with the Allen Robinson situation, right? I mean, it's I, I, I don't understand how you can objectively look at this offense, see how much it's struggled, and then single out your best offensive player, maybe the best player on the team outside of maybe Khalil Mack, and say, you know, we should probably – you know try to be cheap with this guy and 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 really try to negotiate hard and 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 play the games and and make him unhappy because I mean that's really the situation that the Bears are in right now is they're they're attempting to alienate their whether or not they know it it's like you know, they're attempting to alienate their best offensive player and you know what's frustrating about it is and I get it Allen Robinson has had terrible quarterback play the entire time he's been in the NFL first it was Blake Bortles then it was Mitchell Trubisky, then it was Nick Foles, and then back to Mitchell Trubisky. I get it. The guy's a really good receiver. He's a top, to me, he's a top 10 or 15 receiver in this league. If he would have hit the open market, even with Chris Godwin being tagged, he would have been the best receiver on the market. Here's the reality of the situation. The CBA, the new CBA that they just agreed to last year, still has the franchise tag in it. So people can get upset all they want. And they can say that the bear, you know, Andrew Brandt came out came out and basically said that the Bears are abusing the system. Okay, that's interesting because they're abusing the system. But yet you have, um, you know, eight other guys, or well, I guess eight guys total that were tagged, right? You had one guy in Brandon Scherf who this is the second time he's been tagged. But they're not abusing the system, but the Bears are. Here's the reality of the situation. Alan Robinson has a really good PR. Alan Robinson has a popular agent. Brandon Parker, Eugene Parker was, you know, was his dad, Eugene Parker was a great agent. He has a lot of backing. A lot of people don't like Ryan Pace. The reality of the situation is simple. The Bears did what they did within the parameters of the CBA. They were one of 8 teams to do it. It is what it is. I, I don't think and you know, I could be wrong here, for as irritating as this has been to watch play out, I don't think the Bears just tagged Allen Robinson to piss him off. It wasn't a situation where like, yeah, we're just gonna mess with you. We're gonna make you suffer for another year, and then you know you can go out and test the free agent market. Allen Robinson's their best offensive player. They couldn't get a deal worked out, and the reality of it is they had to use a franchise tag. You know, and that and that's that's kind of the thing. If you go back and you look at you know especially Pace's history, Pace's used the franchise tag one time before this. Is you know in the in the six off seasons that he's been the general manager. He's used the franchise tag twice total and once before Allen Robinson. That was with Alshon Jeffrey, And it was, a, it was a similar situation, although I think Alshon Jeffrey wanted out. Allen Robinson's been pretty, pretty transparent in the fact that he wants to be in Chicago, but he also wants to be wanted and he wants to be respected. That is completely understandable. And, again, that's where my frustration with the Bears come in in terms of what are you doing? Like the guy wants to be here. Get it done. So now we're in a position here. In my, in my opinion, we're in a position here where it makes zero sense to commit to Allen Robinson long-term until you figure out the quarterback situation. I mean, it makes zero sense for Allen Robinson. It makes zero sense for the Bears because it's all well and fine that you want to target Deshaun Watson, that you want to target Russell Wilson, you know, whoever it may be, even, you know, Matt Ryan. You know, we, we talked about this last week. It's, it's well and fine that you want to do that. Maybe even one of the, you know, the higher the higher prospects in the draft. But if you whiff on all of those guys and you end up with somebody like a Gardner Minshew or a Sam Darnold or somebody to that lower level, then I don't know how much sense it makes for the Bears to invest in Allison long-term, and I don't know how much sense it makes for Allen Robinson to want to invest in the Bears long-term. Yes, it's money, but he can get the same money elsewhere if he waits another year it just—it's one of those situations where, again, and we're going to continue to beat on this, and hopefully, you know, hopefully within the next week or two, we'll record a podcast and the Bears will have the quarterback situation figured out, and we can move on from this this topic. But the reality of it is, until the Bears figure out the quarterback position. None of this matters. None of this matters. The fact that Allen Robinson's making $18 million off the tag, he's unhappy, the Bears should extend him. None of that matters if the general manager and the head coach aren't here next year. None of that matters if they don't have the right quarterback and they get terrible quarterback play again because they're not going to be a good team. They're going to be another 8-8 team if they're lucky because they're going to lose talent in other areas. So – you know people are going to jump the gun and say that the you know the bears are holding Allen Robinson hostage and that uh, you know they're taking advantage well here's the reality objectively speaking they did the same thing that every other team out there did and i i don't think you can say definitively one way or another that come July 15th Allen Robinson isn't going to have a long term deal or he is because we don't know we do not know how this next month month and a half is going to play out for the bears if they get a quarterback how things are looking because On the plus side of getting an extension done with Allen Robinson, all of a sudden you can make that cap hit of eighteen million dollars. You can turn that into, you know, with the structure of it, you can turn that into a cap hit of you know anywhere from eight to twelve million dollars. That saves you money. That you know, at least in the short term, that'll that'll save you some cap space. But the thing is, is the Bears aren't at that point. Allen Robinson isn't at that point. But again in order for everything to work the way the Bears fans are hoping it works this offseason, it all starts at the quarterback position. And really, how are you supposed to attract a quarterback? How are you supposed to make the offense better if you don't even have a top-end receiver in Allen Robinson? It was just the franchise tag was the only thing that made sense considering the situation that they were in.
2: Yeah, and, you know, what I'll say in Allen Robinson situation is money changes everything. If the Bears come through a long-term deal – and get him the number that he wants. All the stuff's not going to matter because he'll be happy with staying here in the long term. But obviously, there's a lot of things that need to go into that because, like you said, the Bears really need to figure out that quarterback situation. They cannot roll out a question mark at quarterback this season and expect it to, you know, go well in terms of keeping Allen Robinson happy, keeping him here, and in terms of winning and keeping Matt. Uh, Nagy and Ryan Pace here it's just they got to figure out the quarterback situation and you know as the weeks go on for me personally I feel like it's still going to be we're closer to Nick Foles and a rookie than we are Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson and I don't think you, we rule out Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson I just think right now it's just, it just feels closer that it's going to be Nick Foles and a rookie quarterback and that's probably not ideal for a guy like Allen Robinson. And and who knows? This could be the last year Allen Robinson's here. I mean, he's only guaranteed one more year here until they get a long-term deal done. So yeah, it it, it wasn't surprising at all to see him get that franchise tag. And it just it, it made all the sense for the Bears, a team that's trying to win this year and um, improve their roster. They don't want to go into a season, a big year, where Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace's job's in the line and they don't have their best offensive playmaker – and not to mention, we could be looking at a roster with wide receivers without Javon Williams, without um, Anthony Miller, potentially without Riley Ridley. They might just have to clean house and kind of rebuild it there. That really wasn't going to happen either. So, yeah, it, it again, it wasn't surprising. It, it was typical Bears to kind of wait to the last minute possible um, to do it. But – Ryan Pace may have had an excuse, though, because kind of transitioning over to our next topic, and we'll spend a little time on this before we hit the free agency. The Bears were at a pro day today. Well, now they're at, as we speak, they're at another pro day, but they were at Northwestern's pro day today where, um, you know, offensive tackle Rashawn Slater, who's probably going to go now top 15, maybe even top 10, he does look like offensive tackle number one um, or up there in terms of his his ranking, uh, had his pro day, as did other Northwestern players, and what I kind of thought was interesting, Aaron, was Ryan Pace was there, Matt Nagy was there, but they also brought Juan Castillo. And I know Northwestern's close to Chicago; it's right there. You know, it, it's a, it's a skip from Chicago, and maybe you know NFL teams do bring their their position coaches to closer um, pro days to kind of help out and run through drills. There's not many teams closer to. Northwestern that are going to do that, but it did, was a little interesting that Juan Castile was there, and everything that I've heard and read and, and seen in videos so far looked like Slater had a big day and probably bumped his draft stock. Now, the Bears are doing the homework on him, but for me, I don't think he's going to be there at offensive tackle, but it does tell me, though, that the Bears are seriously doing their homework on offensive linemen.
1: Yeah, well, and they should. I mean, again, man, it, it's it's one of those situations where, with the quarterback position, what it is, we we just don't know. We don't we, we don't know if the Bears are going to have the first round pick. We don't know if the Bears are going to have a quarterback solution and have their first round pick. We just don't know right now. So. You know, when you when you go through and you look at the Bears, especially offensively, and you say, okay, what do they need? You know, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have both said that they feel pretty comfortable with their interior. I'm not sure I agree with that assessment, but I think when you get – especially when you get James Daniels back, you know, you can have him and Cody Whitehair at the guard position uh, positions, and then you can – you know, Alex Bars, you can either have compete at right tackle – be depth. Uh, and then obviously Sam Mustafer at center, I would like to at least see them go out and, you know, bring in a veteran or a draft pick and and push him a little bit. But I think when you, when you look at the, the bears offense right now, obviously we just talked about, they're probably going to need more receiving depth um, depending on what they do with Jimmy Graham tight ends is going to be another one where they're probably going to have to do something as well. But I think their biggest need offensively right now is going to be right tackle. So you look at the draft class and you see just how deep this draft class is and how much talent there is at the offensive tackle position. That's not something that we're used to seeing. Now, I'll be honest and say this. I don't think Slater's going to be even close to where the Bears are picking. Even if the Bears are picking at 20, I don't think he's going to be close. And I think if the Bears trade up, they're trading up for a quarterback. I, I just I don't, I, I don't see a, a situation where unless he somehow falls, he gets hurt you know, uh, you know, the the weed gas mask like Laramie Tunsil comes out, I don't see, you know, how he's going to fall, but obviously you always have to be prepared just in case. And, you know, Northwestern's obviously pretty dang close and, you know, it's it's good to see, you know, them kinda diving in a little bit and at least getting an idea. But I think it goes to show just, you know, obviously you can't really take a ton from draft meetings and in and, and pro days and stuff like that. But I think it also goes to show that The primary focus of this offseason for the Bears is going to be offensively driven because, you know, obviously barring a crazy trade for Wilson or Watson, their defense is mainly going to be intact. And their defense is also one of those units where they have so much money invested in on it that you really can't invest many more resources on the defense. You basically have to say, okay, Sean Desai. This is up to you man. You got to figure this out. You got to right the ship, you know, from the from the gap where Vic Fangio was to the the gap where uh, Chuck Pagano was, you know. You got to get back to that Vic Fangio S defense, you know. They got to be a top 10 defense. I mean, that's just there's no way around that, but the bigger focus right now has to be on the offensive side of the ball and they've got to find a way to figure out the offense and to make it into an NFL offense. If they have a top 15 offense and a top 10 defense, they're going to be a playoff team and they're going to be a pretty dang dangerous playoff team because obviously, you know, the Bears' missing piece this entire time has always been on the offensive side of the ball. So, You know, again, when you look at it, I I think offensive tackle, offensive line as a whole makes the most sense for the Bears to target early in the draft. I mean, assuming that they get a quarterback, I don't know who the quarterback would be, but assuming they got a quarterback and they had their first and second round picks, I would say – offensive line probably offensive tackle namely and then some sort of offensive weapon whether it's tight end whether it's receiver whether it's a gadget guy those need to be the first two picks in round one and two obviously it's way early to say that we haven't got the free agency yet but as things are lining up right this five seconds that would be what i would say so i mean going and seeing slater makes all the sense in the world
2: and he wasn't the only prospect they went to go see either. The, the Bears did go hour a couple hours later. I believe it's still going on as we're recording this. But uh University of Wisconsin Whitewater, which is not that far from the Chicago area either, is having their pro day and, and the biggest um the pro prospect, I believe their only pro prospect participating is uh offensive lineman Quinn. I'm gonna butcher this name, Quinn Menares, and he was a standout at the senior bowl. I know when um, we had Andrew down there in Mobile, he, Andrew loved him as a prospect, as did others, including uh, Chicago Audibles Nicholas Moreno, who who mentioned uh, Menares, I believe that's his name, last name, um, a, a few times. So that was also interesting to see that the Bears are doing their homework on the offensive line twice in one day. And, and there's plenty more pro days coming up, so I'm sure we'll have more news on prospects meeting with the Bears and what pro days the Bears are actually at in the coming days.
0: The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy from big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed. Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast.
2: And I think it's time we should probably get into our free agent preview with, you know, the new league year starting next week. Teams are allowed to negotiate and talk beginning Monday, I believe, and then it's what, the 17th, yeah, Wednesday, that they're able to actually get the deals done and announce them. Um, and, and, you know, as we talked earlier, for me, the, the theme of the free agency for the Bears will be no big moves. They'll probably try to retain players that were set to be free agents, whether restricted or unrestricted, and kind of build the roster up that way. I'd be – Honestly, shocked that they went out and signed a big-name player for multi-year deals and a lot of money. Um, I was actually shocked when they signed Robert Quinn last year. I don't think we'll get a move like that. Instead, I think we're just going to get kind of those smaller moves. And, and when you look at the Bears' holes right now and, and their needs, and, you you know, let's start on defense first. And we and we look at defense, we look at they, they need a safety opposite of Eddie Jackson. Well, you could bring back Deshaun Gibson, who you had last year on a one-year deal, my only worry with that is, and he's the ideal fit, he has that, you know, uh familiarity with Eddie Jackson. He's got ties to so a couple coaches now on the Bears coaching staff, including Mike Petton, who is who was his coach in Cleveland. And my only worry with that is he may have played too good last year. Like he may have played himself out of the Bears price range this year. I I don't – I'm not saying that that's exactly the case, but that would be my worry on why they can't bring him back. And if they can't, they're going to have to look through the draft and maybe look at another veteran um, at safety. Other than that, on defense, I think the other, you know, top need for me would be bringing in a, a backup inside linebacker because we saw what happened last year when Roquan Smith went down. And they had to start um, Manti Teo. Because they just did not have the depth at inside linebacker, and it, and it didn't work out. And, you know, maybe the Bears made the wrong call by sticking with Dane Trevathan over Nick Kukowski. Um I thought letting go of Kevin Pierre-Lewis was probably a move that they shouldn't have done. I thought they should have tried to bring him back even as a depth piece. Because when the, when both those linebackers went down in 2019 – KPL and Nick Kukowski filled in well. So for me, the two biggest needs I look at, I look at inside linebacker depth. I look at the safety position, which can be filled with Tashawn Gibson. And then I look on the defensive line and maybe kind of bringing in another veteran um, that could kind of play anywhere on the defensive line. You know, we know what the Bears like to do. They like to shuffle guys. You know, Akeem Hicks sometimes plays nose tackle, sometimes plays on the end. Same with Bilal Nichols we saw last year. But even there, I think, you know, if you could bring back Brent Urban on a a cheap one-year deal, they're probably going to move on from Roy Roberts and Harris. But those are probably the three positions for me of need on the defense. And it's not much. What are you kind of seeing on the defense in your eyes in terms of needs for them?
1: Well, I think you kind of – I think for the most part you nailed it. I mean, strong safety is obviously the one starting need that they really have right now. I mean, I guess – I guess you could consider nickel as another spot where they could probably, you know, at least use some competition with Duke Shelley. Um, but realistically again, I mean, and this is kind of the thing, right? You're, you're talking about a defensive unit that has so much, so many resources put into it right now where they're tapped out, man. I mean, it's not like you pointed out, they're not going to go and they're probably not going to spend a ton of money in terms of big money, at least on any names anyway. But if they do that, it's going to be on the offensive side of the ball. Right. So, Obviously, you got strong safety. You got nickel corner. Um, inside linebacker depth is obviously is big as well. Uh, I think as far as outside linebacker, you're just going to have to rely right now on Travis Gibson to develop and James Vodders to bring you something and hope hope to God that Robert Quinn can somehow you know break out of whatever the hell it was last year that was wrong with him and and be the same player. And then you know defensive line is another one, right? Because Roy Robinson Harris, it's been reported for a while now. He's played himself out of the bears price range. The bears aren't going to be able to retain Roy Robertson Harris. He may not get huge money, but I would guess he's probably going to get anywhere from five to 7 million uh, a year elsewhere. If not, maybe a little bit more just because interior linemen uh, are very valuable, especially in today's NFL. And they're becoming more and more valuable. I mean, there's been many of people who've actually made the argument that interior linemen are just as valuable as Ed rushers. And that's definitely becoming the case, especially with how defenses are called nowadays. So I think you gotta look at the defensive line and say, okay, you know, you've got you you got your three starters. Assuming that Akeem Hicks stays with the team, they're able to figure something out. You got Bilal Nichols and obviously Eddie Goldman's expected back. So there you go. You got you got those guys, you need probably one or two solid pieces of depth. Ren Urban makes a ton of sense. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Mario Edwards because I thought he actually played pretty dang well, but obviously he's going to be facing that suspension at the beginning of the year. And, and who knows? I mean, he's kind of had some off the field stuff that maybe the Bears say, "Yeah, we're not going to do that." So again, though, you've you've got to have you've got to have depth, and I, I think that's really going to be the name of the game. I think. I think they can, especially if you look at the safety market right now, I mean, obviously two safeties end up getting tagged today, which is a little unfortunate. But if you look at the safety market as a whole, they'll be able to find at least somebody like Deshaun Gibson. I thought Gibson was pretty up and down. I think if you look at his numbers, I, I think they're a little flashier than how he actually played for the majority of the year. But obviously, again, when you're looking at safety, it all relies upon Eddie Jackson. He's got to be the guy that turns it back around and becomes the player that they paid him to be that he was back in 2018. He's got to be that playmaker and he definitely wasn't last year. But I think there's going to be enough safeties out on the market where the Bears can, you know, objectively say, okay, cool. We can either bring Gibson back because I don't think Gibson's going to get big money. I mean he's already over 30. There's a lot of scheme familiarity with where he's at right now. It wouldn't shock me if he comes back on like a, you know, you know, one or two year deal Um, You know, a team friendly deal. Um, But if not, I mean, there's going to be a ton of names. I mean, LaMarcus Joyner got released. Uh, There's going to there's going to be quite a few names out there to where the Bears should be able to find decent value if they wait a little bit. And that's exactly what they did this last year. Uh, I think DeAndre Houston Carson and and Deion Bush are also free agents. I think you got to bring one of those guys back. But I think as far as defense goes as a whole, this is when you got to go bargain bin shopping, and this is when you got to look for depth pieces who are capable of starting. Because, like you pointed out, man, there was there were some issues. I mean, if you if you go back and you look at the defense falling off over the last you know four or five weeks of the season, and and really those last few weeks against the Packers and the, the playoff games against New Orleans a lot of it was because of a lack of depth. You had Manti Teo starting at linebacker. You had a situation where, you know, Kendall Vildor, who was your, you know, one of your fifth round picks as a rookie was starting outside as a corner. You need better depth. And that's the thing. Like the, the bears have pretty good top end starters for the most part. I mean, they're definitely not the 2018 Chicago bears defense anymore. And that's fine. That's to be expected. But They need better depth, and I think that really, you know, as lazy as it sounds, I think you can kind of cover every single position on the defensive side of the ball and say they need to improve depth, maybe not defensive line, because I think as long as you bring back Brent Urban and maybe Edwards or you do something else and you get somebody else that can kind of rotate in and out, I think you're good to go. But inside linebacker and defensive back, those are two spots that need better depth. Because as we've seen, especially, it's probably going to be a 17-game season. You're talking about another game of a season on top of, hopefully, playoff aspirations, depending on who they get at quarterback. You need that depth. Depth is going to become that much more valuable as seasons get longer and as you're eyeing the playoffs and actually not just going in the playoffs, being a one-and-done and being out. You need depth.
2: And, you know, defense is probably the easy one that we're going to have to go over for free agency. Offense, though, may be a little bit, you know, a little trickier because you look at the Bears and you look at that offensive line, they're already moving on from Bobby Massey. So you need a right tackle. You probably need at least another swing tackle. Um, you have, you pretty much have your two guards figured out. That is, if Sam Musserford can play center and play it effectively, that would help big time because your interior offensive line will be kind of solidified there. I look at tackles probably, you know, outside of quarterback, the biggest need on this offense just because quarterback, if you look at the free agents that are available, I mean, it's it's pretty brutal. It's Jameis Winston, Mitchell Trubisky, Alex Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick, guys like that that for me don't really push the needle. So I, I don't want to spend too much time on the quarterbacks here with free agency because, it's a route that I really don't want the Bears to go down. Um, I, I'd rather just kind of stick with Nick Foles and a rookie, or take you know a home run swing on on Wilson or Watson. So, looking at the offensive line, you know your primary need is going to be a right tackle. You might want to kind of find another veteran to plug in because you you can just never get enough depth on the offensive line. It's one of those positions the Bears have suffered injuries. F- to the past couple years, and they kind of need to solidify that um, in terms of the depth. Other than that, though, you know, I look at tight end, I think it, it's it's kind of interesting because depending on what the Bears do with Jimmy Graham, do they move some money, try to um, free up some more cap space, or, or would they even dare think about, hey, maybe we release him to cut to make some cap space. Right now, I do think they need one more tight end, and that's with Graham staying. And I actually wrote about this today. There's not many options that would actually fit the Bears' needs, and you look at the tight ends in it, and the top ones that are probably going to be available: uh, Jono Smith out of Tennessee, Hunter Henry out of Los Angeles. Those are probably one and two, and then, and then you know Gronk is probably going to go back to Tampa Bay. Um, and You look at one and two there, and both are pass-catching tight ends that are good in the running in, in run blocking. However, they're just going to be way out of the Bears' price range. So we'll kind of cancel them out of this. Then you look at that, and it's just kind of a bunch of mid-guys or, you know, just guys that are just, eh, there. And I think actually the best fit would might be to bring back Demetrius Harris on a cheap one-year deal since he knows the system. You're going to be strapped with the cap space. Either that or draft someone later on in the draft. And then I look, you know, after tight end, Maybe try to look for another veteran wide receiver. I, I'd love a guy, maybe like Demarcus Robinson, to come in out of Kansas City, um, kind of use his speed efficiently. And then another position I would kind of look at possibly adding some depth um, would be running back, and that's just because Cordell Patterson is set to be a free agent. And I guess we'll start there with that, Aaron, before we kind of go on the other positions. In terms of Cordell Patterson, in your eyes, you know, he's a guy for me that that you know he he, he was fine. But you kind of paid him too much to be just, you know, fine. He needs to have a bigger role in the offense. What do you kind of see the Bears doing with Cordell Patterson um, this free agency period?
1: Well, I mean, can the Bears afford Cordell Patterson? That's the better question. I think the answer to that, unless he's willing to take a really cheap deal, is no. And, you know, Patterson is a very, very, very good kicker-turner. There's no no doubt about that. But that is really about the – the brunt of the value that he brings and i think the other thing to kind of keep in mind moving forward is the bears just gave Terry cohen an extension Terry cohen for for the money that he's making versus the production that he's had as a pure running back obviously he's going to be coming off an injury and hopefully he comes back and everything's good but the the money that he's going to be making for the production that he's had he needs to have a bigger role whether that's kick return and punt return or whatever it is I don't know, but I just don't think the bears are going to be able to afford Patterson. And I feel kind of bad for him because he's, he's done an incredible job trying to recruit. Obviously none of it's really worked on Twitter or whatever, but he's, he's he's done everything that he possibly could. And he actually made something, you know, he made a comment on Twitter today when somebody said, you know, talk about bringing him back. And he said, I don't think the bears want me back. I don't think it has much to do with the bears not wanting him back as it is. I don't know that the bears can afford to have him. You can't afford to pay a kick returner and a gimmick offensive weapon. That's barely used $5 million a year. The bears cannot afford that. And that's just kind of the situation where I said, like, like I said, it's just, you have Tariq Cohen, you just gave him the money that you gave him. use him that that's really the only the the only way that I could say is you gotta use him you got and maybe that doesn't mean using him as a kick returner all the time, and maybe you end up having to go out and find somebody else or you know whatever but Tariq Cohen needs to be a bigger part of the offense moving forward, you know, whether that's, you know, as a running back too, you know, as a slot guy, whatever it is, they need to get back to using him the way that they did in Matt Nagy's first year. But again, just purely based on money, I don't see any way that Cordero Patterson makes sense unless he comes back on a one or $2 million deal. And I don't think he's going to take that.
2: Yeah. And, you know, to kind of go back to the production and gimmicky, I mean, the gimmick for Cordell Patterson in terms of Matt Nagy was fourth and one, third and one, and it never works. So yeah, I'm with you, man. They they got to find a way if they can bring him back. He does have special teams value and you just can't pay that much money though to just have only special teams value and not really producing the offense. And I think Tariq Cohen will be the key um, if they have to do, if they have to move on from Patterson. And I look at the other positions um, kind of staying away from quarterback again, you know, in your eyes, what do you think is the most need, uh, the biggest need for the Bears? Because I look at these options out there, and I look at tight end, and I look at wide receiver, I look at running back, I look at offensive line, and I'm having a hard time seeing where the Bears are actually going to spend any money.
1: Well, I mean, I, and, you know, Brad Biggs has brought this up a few times now. I don't think that they're going to spend big money at offensive tackle. I, I just don't. I And, you know, it's one of those things, if you look at what they already have invested, they're paying, you know, Charles Leno Jr. is on a second contract. Cody Whitehair is on a second contract. Uh, James Daniels going in his fourth year, so he's going to be close to being on his second contract as well. I mean, they, there's just so much money wrapped up within the offensive line for not very good production right now, where I think it would be smart for them to basically, you know, spend. And that's the thing, going back to how deep this draft class is, at tackle, you can still get a starting caliber tackle in the second, maybe the third round, depending on how lucky you are. So it's a situation where I think ultimately what's going to end up happening there is I think they're going to end up having Alex Bars swing out, you know, kind of be the, the, you know, the super offensive lineman, the super sub, and then compete for that right tackle position with some sort of rookie. But yeah, when you're, when you're looking at the investments again, I mean, this is, you know, I I know people aren't going to like this, but this is where maybe you pick one position where you say, okay, you know, we're not going to spend a crazy amount of money, but maybe we're going to, you know, like a six to $8 million average a year where you can kind of knock that cap hit down to three or 4 million and, and make it work. Um, but looking looking at the depth chart right now, I think receivers are one of those spots where they've got to figure it out. they got to figure out, is Anthony Miller going to be on the team? What is Javon Wims' role? Is Riley Ridley even worth keeping on the roster? And then from there, you kind of have to figure out, okay, are you keeping Jimmy Graham on the roster? If you are, okay, cool. If you're not, then do you go for one of these you know, mid-level tight ends? Do you draft another tight end? But I'm kind of with you. I mean, again, until the quarterback situation is figured out, it's kind of hard to see where money is going to be spent. But at the same time, they just don't have a ton of resources to where I think, again, you're looking at adding depth in in different positions. You're relying on assuming that you're going to have, and that's kind of the other thing too, I guess I should bring up, is when I look at what the Bears do at quarterback, I think one thing is for certain, and I don't know how it's going to work, if it's going to be able to work, but let's just say that they end up making a trade for, and I keep saying this, whether it's Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, let's just use those two because those are going to be the guys that cost this team a ton of picks and probably players, just resources as a whole. When you look at this, when you look at those two guys, especially let's just say Russell Wilson, because he feels like the more realistic of the two options, if there is one at this point, And, I think that the Bears have to come away with one of either a you know, first rounder this year or a second rounder this year. Whether you want to do, you know, three first rounders, a few players and then a second rounder the next year and maybe a second rounder the year after or whatever, however you want to do it, I think you have to have a first or second round pick available this year because again, you do not have enough financial resources to say, "Okay, we're going to improve right tackle" We're also going to turn around and we're going to improve receiver, or we're going to improve tight end. They need they need an improvement at one of the offensive weapons. I think obviously you know we just got done talking about Allen Robinson. Darnell Mooney is going to be a really good player. They got David Montgomery, he's a good running back. They got Tariq Cohen who should be a good offensive weapon for them. Cole Komet, you have to hope that he's going to develop, uh, you know, into more of a, you know, a piece on offense that's going to be featured more and actually be productive, you know, but outside of that, you still have to have the firepower and whether that's, you know, a Kadarius Tony in the first round as a receiver, Rashad Bateman as a receiver, you know, or you go in the second round and you're, and you're hoping to get, you know, something along those lines, it, you know, and that's kind of the thing, the bears are going to have to figure out what they want to do. If it was me personally, you know throwing out the whole Jimmy Graham trying to you know recruit Russell Wilson if it was me personally I'm cutting Jimmy Graham and I'm looking at this tight end you know group that they have that that's going to be there in free agency I think there is going to be a value or two where you could spend You know, an average of six, seven million dollars a year and get somebody who's going to produce a little bit better than Jimmy Graham. Okay. And if not, then you look and you say, okay, I don't personally think that Anthony Miller is going to play a massive role if he's even on the team this coming year. So then you say, okay, maybe instead of, you know, going off and spending a high draft pick on a receiver, Golden Tate's a free agent. There's there's multiple guys, multiple veterans, older veterans that are still productive that you can add to the team for not a lot of money. And again, this is kind of where these values come in, where you you you, you target a guy and you say, okay, this guy fits the offense, let's do it. But again, you know, the defensive side of the ball is all about depth. Offensively, obviously, they're going to need a little bit of depth as well. Receivers, one of the things they're going to have to figure out. Quarterback, obviously, most important. But at the same time, I think... You've got to find a way to improve the offense. Whether that's a draft pick, you know, with a center. Whether that's a draft pick with a, a tackle. Whether maybe you get really lucky, then with all the interior alignment and they're out there, maybe you can find, you know, a, you know, a, a value signing there that actually makes sense, and you're not putting a ton of pressure on Mustafa, and you can improve the interior, and then hopefully focus, you know, at right tackle with with a draft pick, whatever it may be. I think you need to somehow find a way to improve the offensive line, probably at right tackle, unless they can get a good deal on on an interior lineman. And then one of tight end or receiver, you have to figure out a way to upgrade, whether that is a veteran, whether that's a draft pick, whatever it is, you need to find a way to get another offensive weapon in there. Because, of course, you know, the quarterback's the most important part, but you still have to have more weapons because right now, again, going back to injuries, If Al Robinson goes down, if Darnell Mooney goes down, if Tariq Cohen goes down, if any of those guys go down, all of a sudden the Bears' offense is looking super thin again, and they don't really have the upside depth that a team like the Falcons had when Russell Gage came out of nowhere and started producing for them. They don't really have that on the roster right now, and that's what they need to find. They need to have that maybe not the – number one receiver the number one target or the guy that the entire offense is going to run around because that's going to cost you you know 10 15 million dollars a year but you need a solid piece that's going to give you six seven 100 yards in that year or whatever it may be and somebody who can step in as that second receiver or second you know target or whatever it may be if there is an injury and i think that's really for the Bears right now obviously again it all revolves around the quarterback position but outside of that there are still improvements that need to be made and you know ultimately that th- there's improvements that can be made without breaking the bank or going too crazy
2: and, and let me ask you this kind of before I wrap things up here in terms
1: of the offensive line
2: would you consider bringing back Jermaine Ifedi
1: you know as depth maybe um I, and that's kind of the thing. I mean, it's do you, do you how comfortable? Well, oh, I don't know. I mean, how comfortable are you going into training camp with Alex Bars and Jermaine Afeddie competing at right tackle? Me personally, I don't. I don't not, think that's a smart yeah, idea. Yeah,
2: not very comfortable. And, and I do think you know I agree with your point that it's a very strong draft for tackles. And I think you can wait. I think you can. You know, if if there is a tackle there, if, if one of these tackles falls, and you have them high on your board at twenty and maybe you have your quarterback situation figured out, or you at least have a plan on just what you think you're going to do, uh, you could go tackle there. You, Like you said, though, you could find a good tackle in the second round, bring him in and kind of compete with those three in training camp. And obviously the best case scenario is the tackle wins out and, and is a stud. I look at a Fetty and I'm, I'm kind of mixed because I, I just, you know, I think you can have him on a, a cheap one-year deal back. He can be a depth beast. But then at the same time, you know, you really don't want him out there being your starting right tackle week one. You know, same with kind of with Alex Barr. So, yeah, offensive line is kind of the one for me. If you do want to spend the money, I I, I wouldn't be mad at it. I don't think they're going to do that, though. And I don't think they're really going to spend a lot of money anywhere else, you know, on this roster. Maybe they go get a wide receiver, maybe a tight end. I don't know. I, I just don't think it'll be a very active free agency for the Bears, and I, I think – and I understand the reasons why. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not expecting a lot. It's kind of hard to like even talk about because like you do the, these scouting reports and these breakdowns on all these free agents, and it's like everyone that I've had to do so far where those running backs, offensive line, tight end, it just kind of feels like – Oh, here's the top targets. Yeah, they'd fit really well with the Bears, except the Bears can't really fit them into their plans right now unless they open up some money. So, yeah, that, I guess that part's just a, a little frustrating. And then, you know, to to kind of wrap up the free agency talk, I mean, special teams, I think the three players unsigned, Pat O'Donnell, Pat Scales, and, and Cairo Santos, for me, those are no-brainers. I, I think you bring all three of them back. They, they, they have it down. They're familiar with each other. You could probably have them all on cheap deals. I don't think that should be a problem at all.
1: Well, you know, I I think – this is my personal take. I think with Pat O'Donnell and Patrick Scales, I think those are going to be two pretty easy moves to make. I think when it comes down to kicker, things could get interesting because – and granted, I mean, I haven't done a ton of market research. I can't tell you exactly who's looking for kickers and who's not. But I mean, let's just let me just kind of give you an idea of what's out there on the free agent market right now outside of Cairo Santos. So you have Cody Parkey, you got Matt Prater. That 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 might be an interesting move. He's 37 years old. It looks like Detroit's going into full rebuilding mode. Um, I don't, you know, we'll have to see if they end up keeping him or not. He could actually be a pretty good option. Aldrich Rosas, he was actually, he had a pretty good little revival with Jacksonville, but again, some off the field issues there. Um, and then you look at it and Daniel Carlson's a restricted free agent. Same thing with Michael Badgley. I would guess that both of those guys are probably going to end up getting uh, re-signed uh, or, you know, tendered or whatever it is. And then outside of that, you got Ryan Suckup from Tampa Bay, Steven Guskowski and the only other really good name out there is Dustin Hopkins from uh, the the Washington football team. So, with all those names in mind, and again, this is kind of coming from a place of ignorance because I won't lie, I haven't really focused that much on how many teams need kickers or whatever it may be. But objectively, I mean, outside of maybe maybe Prater or maybe Hopkins, and Prater's 37 years old. I don't know, you know, what kind of what kind of team's going to give him big money. Outside of that, I mean, you're you're talking about Cairo Santos being one of, if not the top kicking option out there. So that concerns me a little bit just because, you know, had they figured out something with Allen Robinson, they could have used the tag on Santos. And again, it kind of goes back to one of those positions where right now the bears have no core special teamers like that under contract. They have no long snapper. They have no punter. They have no kicker. Even Eddie Pinero, he's a restricted free agent. They're not going to give him an original round tender and give him 2.1 million. That's just not going to happen. So The Bears are going to be in a position, again, and this is kind of the – one of those spots where, you know, you start looking at how they're going to use these resources and you say, okay, well, does it make sense to, you know, spend, you know, money on depth at a certain position or does it make more sense to spend money to make sure that your kicking solution is figured out because, you know, it doesn't take a lot to go back and look and remember – the Bears, granted, I don't think they would have won a Super Bowl, but I do think that they were Super Bowl contenders back in 2018. But their kicking game failed them so much, and especially with how kind of run down their offense was at the end of the year, they needed – they had that top-end defense. They needed their kicking to be the difference, and unfortunately it wasn't. And the Bears are going to be dealing – in this is kind of the reality of the situation, even with a guy like Russell Wilson or even with a guy like Deshaun Watson. The Bears are still going to be dealing with a very – small margin for error because the defense is going to get, you know, is going to probably hover right around what it, what it was last year, maybe get a little bit worse. And obviously how much can you improve the offense outside of the quarterback position with the amount of limited resources that they have. So again, you're going to be in one of those areas where there's not going to be a lot of margin for error. And I think one of the worst things, and this is just me personally, I know some people are going to disagree because they don't really buy into what Santos did last year. And the fact that he can keep it up to me I think that you have to keep those margins small and you have to look at it and say okay to me Cairo Santos is more valuable than depth at a certain position right would you rather spend 2 or 3 million dollars or you know whatever on you know a backup offensive lineman or possibly somebody who can complete compete as an offensive lineman or you know a third or fourth receiver Or would you rather, you know, find a different way to find one of those guys and make sure you lock in your kicker? And I think that's kind of the key here is, again, just because kickers are are such a volatile thing and because, you know, there's always teams looking for kickers and there's never a ton of good kickers out on the free agent market. I mean, we experienced this back in 2019 with the Bears and, and their whole circus with finding a kicker. I think that Kyra Santos is actually one of the more important moves that the bears need to make this offseason. Like you said, I mean, the, the, the three guys, the three special teamers have got things locked down was the best special teams that we've seen in terms of those three guys for the bears in a long, long, long time since the days of Patrick Manley, uh, Adam Podlesh and, and, and Robbie Gold. I mean, that that's really what it comes down to. So, I don't think you could mess with that because that alone may not be big at the forefront of people's minds, but that alone can be the difference between points in in different games and winning games and losing games. And again, I just feel like the bears aren't going to have a big margin regardless of who they get at quarterback. And that's not something that you want to take a step back on when you finally got to figure it out. So I would actually argue as dumb as this sounds that especially with Cairo Santos, he needs to be one of their next priorities in getting locked down, and you can figure out the rest from there. It's not like we're talking, you know, ten or ten or fifteen million dollars. I think at worst he's probably going to be looking at probably four million dollars a year. And again, if you give him two or three years, you're kind of taking a risk because of how you'd have to structure the contract. But if you give him three years. You could make the cap hit lower this year and have the cap hit higher the next two years. Obviously, you know, with the guarantee and how things would be structured, you'd probably end up being stuck with them next year, too, if he fails. But at the same time, we've seen it, you know, with kickers. It's easier to move on from a quote-unquote high-paid kicker. We saw it with Cody Parkey if he fails versus not locking him down and going through the same rig and roll that we saw the Bears go through for multiple years, and it cost them.
2: Yeah, and I agree. I think Carlos Santos should be a priority. And you know, kind of wrap up the free agency here. I think the one thing we can go back to is the quarterback position. Man, it's all going to determine. It's all going to depend on the quarterback position. What the Bears do, what their plan is at quarterback, and if they execute it and finally fix this position. Because if not, it's going to be a complete rebuild next year. It's going to be everything is going to be torn upside down. They're going to have to restart. And that's not really a position you want to be in so yeah you know I guess the bottom line is for our listeners don't expect big moves coming out of this free agency period I wouldn't expect any I'd be shocked the Bears made more than one big move here um, but who knows this is gonna be a weird offseason there's gonna be a lot of talent available may the Bears shock us maybe they actually do make their move in free agency and either trade or, or sign a free agent uh, at quarterback but it's gonna be something to follow and kind of something to monitor moving forward. Aaron, thanks again for joining me, man. Where can everyone follow you on Twitter at?
1: Yeah, you can uh, follow me at Aaron Lemming NFL and you can read my work at the bearreport.com.
2: Perfect. You can uh follow the bear report on Twitter at, at Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Z A C K underscore Pearson. Read all of our work on the bearreport.com. We'll be back next week with another episode as we'll be kind of right in the middle of the negotiations here uh, with free agency and what should be a fun and exciting time for the NFL and the Chicago Bears. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. Check us out on bluewearpods.com as well. And until next week, everyone, please stay safe.
0: Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G.